morning, everyone. It's great to see you at church today. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet? Let's put our hands together and worship today. Jesus. Come on, we sing, I give you glory. I give you glory for all you brought me through. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward to follow after you.
Father, we just worship you this morning. I'm not sure what you came in here with, but over the next few moments, we're just gonna lay it all down at the feet of Jesus. I know this morning I felt a little heavy, but I know that through worship and through declaring the name of Jesus and building our life on the unconditional, unfathomable love of God, we can do anything. So if you're here this morning, you've got a little tug on your heart, and when no words can express to God, sing this with me.
When I trust you, I don't need to understand. Come on, let's sing, make me. So make me a vessel. Yeah. 
God, you are awesome and worthy of all of our praise. Lord, that is our prayer today. Lord, that we want to be a vessel filled with your spirit. We want to be a vessel, God, that you say, I choose you. I've got a great thing to do. I want to pour my spirit out on somebody. So, God, we say, let it be me. I want to be that kind of vessel that you say, I choose you. Whatever the task is, we want to be chosen by you. you give us a fresh fire you give us fresh freedom you give us fresh anointing for the new things that you have called us to Lord, we are declaring a new season we're declaring a new day a fresh pouring of your spirit and we thank you for it god we pray that as we go into this time of hearing your word that our hearts will be ready that our the soil of our hearts will be receptive to the move of your spirit so God, we thank you for this time of freedom and worship. And we move into a time of soaking in your presence. God, we love you. We came here with nothing. So God, we, we say pour it out, more of your spirit, more that you have for us. We love you, God. You are awesome in this house. In your holy and precious name we pray, amen. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. So good to see you guys in God's house this morning. I want to go ahead and invite everybody to go ahead and shake some hands, give out some hugs, and tell people you're glad to see them. It's God's day. to these awesome elementary students every single week and it is fantastic. I'm inviting you guys on that awesome journey. We are gearing up for the best week of the year. Like I'm saying it because I mean it, it's true. Surge week is June 24th through the 26th. Nobody wants to miss it. Today opens registration for all of our kids ages four 
all the way through fifth grade. So if they're in that grade currently, they are able to go. It's an action-packed three days of just experiencing God, having fun, and making the best of friends. So I want to invite you to sign up your kids, sign yourself up, because you don't want to miss the boat either. So everybody, there's no reason you shouldn't sign up for Surge Week. Awesome. We're glad to have you. And Becky, I think we're doing something different this year. We're actually going to both campuses, right? We are. We are making history this year by doing it not only at the South Campus, but also at the Rose Campus. So that's an even greater opportunity for you to serve at either either location that you would like to. So come on, this is the time to hop on board with us. It's an amazing week. I know you're, it's a highlight of the summer for me when I see those kids here with our youth serving alongside them and all the adults. It's an amazing week. So you can get signed up today just by going to theassembly.org slash surge. Take care of that even while you're sitting here hearing the announcements. If this is your first time with us today, though, we want to welcome you here to the assembly. We are so honored that you're here this morning. And over the next few moments as we go through the worship guide, if you'll just take that blue Connect card and the seat back in front of you, fill that out, place it in the offering as it passes by. It'll give us a great opportunity to give you information about our church. If you've been coming for a while, though, the next step is our growth track class. That's a four-step process that takes you farther, faster into the center core of what this church is all about. And we're starting that class the first Sunday in April. You can get information there in your bulletin. We'd love for you to sign up. And that class culminates with 401, which is what we call our dream team. And those are folks that serve on over three dozen different opportunities to serve here in the church. And we love to celebrate our dream team. Yes, we So, do. Becky, we have a party planned. I don't know if anybody's heard this yet. I know you like parties. Anybody? All right. April the 4th. April the 4th. We have a dream team party yes. at main event. Are you guys ready? At main event. Unlimited bowling. Unlimited laser tag. Unlimited video games. It's going to be a fun night for the whole family. There are over 700 Dream Team members that make our facility work on a Sunday, that are involved in outreach, that are involved at the Rose District on Saturday. And if you're one of those that serves in any of that, you're invited to that party. So make sure you mark your calendar April 4th. That's from 7 to 10 at main event. We're going to do a main event takeover that night, and it's all free. It's just for you guys to celebrate what you're doing and celebrate life with you together as part of the dream team here at the assembly well we've got a busy week this week as well what do we have coming up at the end of the week we are less than a week away from our brave women's conference how many of you ladies right. are already signed up all right we want to make that number boost up just a little bit next Saturday or this coming Saturday we have our brave women's conference happening at the Rose campus so please do not hesitate you can sign up right now online pull out your phone do it now or you can just hop out after service you can go into our lobbies and somebody will assist you there and get you signed up nobody wants to miss out on this amazing encounter that God's girls are gonna get to come together and hear a fresh word from our Heavenly Father so I hope to see you all there all right, excellent. And you can sign up uh, and pick up your ticket today in either lobby today. So take advantage of that. Make sure you get signed up for the ladies' retreat or the ladies' uh, weekend there. Let's have the ushers come forward. We're going to continue in worshiping God with our giving this morning. Aren't you thankful that we have a faithful God who provides our needs? Uh, it's through your faithful giving that we're able to really fulfill the vision and mission of this church to serve neighbors and nations. And you do that so faithfully and sacrificially. And God is honoring as we plant seed in this good soil. There's so many great things that are happening as a result as he's pouring his spirit out on us. So let's go to the Lord in prayer as we continue in our giving. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity we have at this point in the service to give a portion of what you've blessed us with. I pray that you just cause that to multiply for kingdom effectiveness as we serve neighbors and nations in this community throughout 
throughout the world, God, and I thank you for your faithfulness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you were one of our leaders on Spring Retreat, would you stand for a moment? All the leaders. Please let them know how much you appreciate them. The best leadership team ever. Thank you for pouring out on all these students. Hey, uh, Drew, you're awesome. Everybody, this is Drew, one of our team members. Love you, man. Yeah, so... Come here, Natalie. Come here, JD. Come here. The reason these people are expressing their love is because of the kind of life that these people live. Uh, but these are people you can't do without, but you may not see them as much as you see others because they're working the details, they're working behind the scenes. And the people that are working all of our media today, our sound, our lighting, they are the crew that goes over and sets up in advance for all the students. And so on Friday night when it's over, uh, they leave. They left about, I guess, one in the morning, went to the Rose District. They stayed at the Rose District, this crew, that crew, until about 5.30 uh, Saturday morning, getting it set so we could have church last night. They returned at noon yesterday, worked all afternoon. We did church, awesome church, left there with a U-Haul truck, bringing stuff back here, loaded in here, took them to dinner. After dinner, they came back, continued to set up some of the first here this morning. And uh, Drew's on staff, these two, they just do all of this out of, uh, out of servant leadership. And, yeah. So in front of everybody, John David, I want to tell you how proud I am of you and what an awesome leader you are. I love you so much and respect the way you love Jesus and the way you serve. He does it all the time. And when, when service is over today, Natalie will leave because she has to be at work. She gets off work at around five, and then she starts all of the homework assignments that she missed while she was serving our students last week. Doesn't get a dime for it, although you're the kind of person I like to hire, so get ready. But... 
but you've done all of this. You are a dream teamer. Come on, everybody. That's what it's about right there. Love you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Came out of our service this time last week. The Spirit of God so fresh. Went into Wednesday night with Pastor Javen Chavez, and it was so timely, so on point. Please listen to the message if you didn't get to. When I was taking him to the airport on Thursday morning, he said, having been with your team, walking around your campus, being in the service, he said, uh, God is pouring out the rain on you guys, like the rain of his presence. He said, I'm in a lot of churches, and he said, it's more like scattered showers. You have a pocket of God's activity going on. You have pockets of renewal. But he said, it's unusual when you see all the generations, all the ministries coming under the canopy of an outpouring of the fresh rain of the Holy Spirit. He said, not scattered showers at the assembly. There's a deluge. And I said, yes, praise God if you agree with that today. I do. Going into the services on Thursday night and Friday, same thing, just since the definite outpouring of God's Holy Spirit among our students and Thank you again for facilitating in prayer and giving and leaders going, all of it. God's just using it, and it wouldn't happen any other way. And then yesterday morning, around 1030, when I realized that planet Earth still existed, uh, I realized it was raining. And there's something so specific about the sound of authentic rain. Now... I have at times downloaded the app where you can have the sound of manufactured rain. And I have listened to it at nights or times I'm in a hotel and there's a lot going on. So I'll turn on some kind of sound so I can try to get some sleep. How many of you have ever used the sound of rain through an app? So there's some people here. You know what I'm saying. But it, as good as it is, it's still not the same as the authentic rain. And that's just in my heart to say to you that it's one thing to have to manufacture the rain, but I'm so thankful that what we're experiencing right now, it is not manufactured rain. This is the rain from the very throne of God's grace. Let it rain. Let it rain, Lord. And you can, you know, set that app and use it every day of every week. And, but every day you wake up, you know, you wake up dry because it's manufactured rain. When there is a thirst within God's people, we don't have to manufacture the rain. What do you mean by saying manufacture the rain? It's the best that human effort can do. I'm talking about the best of planning, the best of effort and energy. And, and you're, you, you mean well, but it's, it stops where human effort stops. The rain we're talking about, it has no limit. It has no restriction. There's no barrier that it can't get through and break down. Here's the way the Bible talks about it. Not even the gates of hell can prevail against this kind of power. I'm ready for more rain, even in this service today. Now, come on, get with me today. I know we're a little tired. We gotta get up on our toes today. God has something that he wants to say. How would we know that this rain is real? It's the rain of God's presence. Here's a word I want you to write down. It's the word heart. Good brother in our church, he came up to me not long ago and he said these words, I feel my heart again. 
He's talking about his spiritual heart. Because when God starts moving, there will be a thirst. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, clearly, powerfully says, Blessed are those who hunger, and say that word with me, thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. The facts of our salvation are Jesus died, rose again. His sacrifice was perfect and complete. We're saved by grace, not by works, or else we would boast. It is strictly by the love and merit of Jesus that we are brought out of darkness into light, out of sin into salvation, from like this person on the outside to included in the family of God. If you know that, say amen. But here's the feeling. What does Christianity feel like? Here's the feeling of Christianity. It's thirst. Thirst. You know you're awakened. You know you're alive because you're experiencing him and you want more of him. When you thirst for him, he will fill you. And when he fills you, you want more. And he fills you and you want more. The thirst is never quenched. We own our thirst and say, God, there's always more. And we want more. Keep pouring out the rain in my heart. Hallelujah. Our heart says to us, and when there is a thirst nurtured, when there is a thirst that is owned, then God will always respond Here's another word that would validate the rain. It's the word endurance. There's nothing I can say that would maybe validate that the work of the Holy Spirit that is happening is real in your heart or mine. Here's what is undeniable, and that is this work is proven genuine when we endure victoriously with the trials we've been entrusted. When you watch somebody really suffer, and they don't lose their victory. They don't lose their God-centered heart. Then you know they have something that they can't create within themselves. You know that no human heart can handle the crushing blows that life can bring. So it must be this work of God. And it's proven genuine by the endurance in very real suffering. Kelly's grandmother is such an example of what Paul talks about. She, has, she had that fellowship of the Holy Spirit, that walk of intimacy with Jesus. The Bible talks about walking in the Spirit, and she's the one who modeled that. Uh, when you try to wrap your mind, what does it mean to walk in step, to be in this relationship? You know, we don't see him. We don't sense him. So when you have it modeled for you, it's undeniable. And she had that walk with Jesus, that pure heart that made her see God in a sunrise or a sunset, that made her see God in the smile of a child, that made her in her 80s the most desired teacher among the youth of her church. There was something dynamic, vital, incredible. And yet, when her daughter, Kelly's mom, was 38, she's killed in a tragic car accident and I don't know what would hurt deeper than the loss of a child. And yet, even in that deep hurt to be around her, she loved as though she had never been hurt. We knew she had been hurt, but you see, the way she endured the trial with which she was entrusted proved genuine the presence of God in her life. Some years later, getting to meet Kelly, marry her, meet all of her family. 
one of her uncles, such a godly, compassionate man, could tell so many stories. And when he's age 53, my age, he was diagnosed with brain cancer. And so it started a journey of treatment. Three years later, he passed away. When we had gone home in December to celebrate Christmas, it was a funeral. All the family gathered at the cemetery there in Manassas, Virginia, on a cold winter day of the homegoing of now her son at age 57. And I watched the crushing blow of the death of her son and what was produced out of the pressing and out of the crushing was not bitterness, doubt, or drifting, but a new wine, a greater trust, a greater devotion, a greater determination to love and live for Jesus. And she lived until she was 91 years old. And I have a picture of Kelly sitting with her grandmother when she's in her, her dying moments in her little frail hand up in the air in praise because she knows her faith is about to become sight. I'm telling you, you don't have to try to convince me by words. I know this is real. It's been proven genuine by a saint who endured very significant trials and she did it well. And the only way you do that is if there's something that is greater than yourself. I'm here to say today, that this rain, it's not manufactured. It's the authentic rain of the Holy Spirit. Open your heart, open your life, open your family, let it rain. I wanna teach a, a principle today and it's inflow that leads to outflow. Say it with me, inflow that leads to outflow. It is the inflow of the Holy Spirit in our hearts that then leads to an outflow of influence on those around us. The inflow transforms us. The outflow is a contagious, compelling influence on those in our immediate circle and beyond. The inflow must show up in an outflow or else it gets internalized and it doesn't have the full effect that God wanted it to have. Anytime the church, man, I feel this today, whew, uh, anytime the church is in spiritual renewal, it should result in social reform. Let me remind you that the hope of the world does not park at the door of the mayor's office, the governor's office, the president's office, some political party office. The hope of culture is right here within the house of God. If the church is on fire, the world can be changed. If the church is being filled with the spirit, there can be an outflow of social reform. And if you just do an assessment, there's really nothing else working. Let the church rise and let the outflow of what God's doing create some change in our society. Let me establish it by prophecy, prophecy that comes from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 44 verse 1 says, but now hear, O Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. God is saying, you're my people. Make it personal. Hear, O church. Hear, Put your name there. Hear the assembly. It is a word in the Old Testament. It's a now word, so we inject ourselves. Hear the word of the Lord, for this is what the word of the Lord says to Israel, to the assembly. Skipping to verse 3, here is what he says. For I will pour water on the, say the word, thirsty land. There it is. 
I will pour water on the thirsty land. That's the inflow. Here's the principle. This glass is you, it's me, it's us, the church. Placed in culture, placed in Broken Arrow, Tulsa County, America, the world. And when there is the inflow, because we're thirsty, there then will be, watch this, an outpouring. You can't have an outpouring until there is an infilling. When the rain falls in your soul and mind, it will overflow to those, watch this, first of all, your family. It's going to flow to your offspring. I will pour, come on, get excited. I will pour my spirit. I pray revival into every home, into every family, represented every marriage in this place to be the best it's ever been, the most harmony, the most incredible relationship. Sons turn to fathers, fathers turn to their sons. Family revival. I pray for it in Jesus' name. But it doesn't stop there. This power is so awesome. It can flow to generations. It can flow. Do you realize that what is happening right now has an influence on the generations to come? Our speaker on Friday night talked about being in a context similar where God called him. I remembered and it rushed over me and tears came down my face as I remembered at age 13 in a setting just like that in Hot Springs, Arkansas at a campground at an altar without any shadow of a doubt. The Holy Spirit gripped my heart in a call to ministry. Here I am now 53 in that setting and contained in the call at age 13 was the sovereign journey that would have had me there on this past Friday night. The call that is being issued, the inflow has an outpouring and I was so blessed that the outpouring led to people right here in Broken Arrow. God has a plan and what he started, it's a good work that he will complete. There's, mm, when God said, let there be light, when God said in create, let there be light, light took off at what, 186,000 miles per second and it's still traveling. The prophetic word over your life takes off today and years to come. It's still unfolding, expanding, racing, charging, and that word will never return void. It's going to hit the target every time. Come on, join me in a praise today. Come Holy Spirit, send the rain. Send the rain. Let's allow the book of Acts to establish further the principle of inflow that leads to outflow. In Acts chapter 2, 120 gathered in the upper room. And it says they were all filled. And then there was an outpouring. And the first day after the first sermon who, that was preached by Peter, the man who had denied Jesus three times, but grace always restores, radically restores, radically forgives. He steps up and preaches and 3,000 infilling outpouring 3,000 people get saved in, after the first sermon. Mm. End of the chapter, Acts chapter two, I think it's around verse 47, last line. It just was rolling and the Lord added to their number. Say this word with me, daily those who were being saved. How about an infilling of the Holy Spirit that would result in an outpouring where people are getting saved every day of the week? Let it happen, Lord. Let it happen. In Acts chapter 4, verse 1, it says that the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees, man, we're getting them all together. They came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. The reason? 
They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John because it was evening. They put them in jail until the next day. Throw them in there. We'll come back tomorrow. But many, many, I love this, who heard the message believed so that the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. Because when there is an infilling, there will be an outpouring. Now we're up to 5,000. Now the reason they're so intense, the captain, the priest, the Sadducees, is because in Acts 3, there was a man who had been lame since birth, and he gets healed, and without rehabilitation, he's running, leaping, and praising God. This is getting everybody's attention. They're preaching the gospel, don't know what to do with it. So now they throw him in jail overnight. Get him out the next night, and a, a godly man stands up and says, you know, I wouldn't mess with him because if this is of God, if the rain's not manufactured, you can't stop it. If it's manufactured, it'll play out. It'll be, it's like a cloud, but it really has no rain. But if this is not manufactured rain, there's not a person in this room that's going to stop what God is doing. So they let him go and they kept preaching. And man, this intensifies. Uh, it gets very, very intense. Now notice, uh, let me see where I am. There we go. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and they were added to their number. So this number just keeps growing. As a result, you talk about power. People brought the sick into the streets, laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Next verse. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits and all of them were healed. See the social reform? See the social reform? Impure spirits. Would you agree that our culture has been gripped by an impure spirit? Notice the response to that, the answer to that is an outpouring of what God pours in the church, let it pour out in culture, and the impure spirit will be broken like a chain being broken. And all of them, all of them were healed. Let's give God a praise today. That's the outpouring. Notice that's chapter five. Chapter five, because of the work of God that was going on in chapter four, they gather every disciple, not just Peter and John. They gather them all and throw them in jail. It's the only time in the New Testament where every disciple is in the same prison, in the same jail cell at the same time. They're all there. And an angel shows up. And the angel kind of has a, just has a dream team meeting. He said, look, stay on your toes. The word he used was go, go. And in the Greek, it gives you the picture. Don't you recoil. Don't shrink back. The pressure is mounting. Stay on your toes. And he said, speak the words of this life. Don't back down. Keep preaching. Keep declaring. Declare Jesus as Savior. Declare Jesus as the one and the only name given among men. Keep preaching. The next morning, those disciples are let out of the prison. And then word gets to the leaders. And here's what the leaders were told. Hey, they are out there again. What are they doing? They're preaching. Now, so many people are getting saved. They're trying to come from every other town just so that the shadow of some of these guys might fall on them and the Holy Spirit 
is just working in a magnificent, incredible way. I say that this principle still works today. If the rain is real, there's going to be an infilling and an outpouring. And watch this. Your faith will not be easily satiated. Because once you've tasted, you're going to want more. And when you thirst, he gives you more. And when you get more, you just want more. So he gives you more. And when you thirst, you want more. So he gives you more. And it gets greater and greater and more powerful. But now let me say it. It doesn't stay in this room. It shows up in how you love people. It shows up in how you treat people. It shows up in how you do traffic. It shows up in how you treat your boss. It shows up in how you treat your employees. It shows up in how you treat your wife, how you treat your husband, how you treat your friends, how you reach out to them because it will show up as an outpouring, a way with this angry, frustrated spirit against the world. This is the world we're called to reach. These people weren't mad at the world. They had a burden for the world. God, what you've done in us, do in them. And we'll take prison if we have to, that the love of Jesus might be turned loose in this place. Oh, and I, I'm telling you, this, this is getting hard to contain up here. I mean, I, I'm bursting. I am bursting with this this sense of possibility and potential because guess what? We've never had the technology we have today within the local church, the equipment, the money, the talent. Look at the, the combined talent in this room. And we're getting our brains beat out by darkness. There's way more people golfing today than in church. There's way more people at the soccer game today than at church. There's way more people sleeping in today, just doing their own thing with no concept of God, no care about God, no interest in God. It is crazy. The opioid epidemic, the people addicted to pornography, every one of these things, it is getting radically worse. And here we are with more churches, more technology, more resource. Human effort, manufactured rain doesn't change anybody. But the rain that we see in Acts chapter 2 is absolutely the answer for this culture. God, let it rain. So how would we know that the rain is real? Well, it would be our heart and our endurance. When would we know the outpouring has started? I'm sure there are many ways, but I like to present one. I use the word tears. Thursday or Friday night, watching our students seek God. Man, it was uncontrollable, just the tears. And I've been living in this word, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, you'll know the outpouring has started, not because of something that happens out there. The first place you're going to know it is your own face. When tears roll out of your heart, because you've got a passion for people. You have a burden for people. You have a love for people. Those tears will hit your face. Those are tears of passion and zeal for the lost. Those are tears that say, my eyes have seen the lost saved, but not nearly enough. My eyes have seen the addicted set free, but not nearly enough. My eyes have seen the backslider come home, 
but not nearly enough. My eyes have seen marriages that are right at the verge of divorce, reconciled and restored, but not nearly enough. And the tears flow and you realize, here's the outpouring because it's going to draw me. It's going to fill my heart to affirm, to love, to challenge, to reach, to believe in, to keep going and going. Not going to wait four months and say, now it's harvest. It's right now. It's right today. The time is drawing near. What we do, we've got to do quickly. That is the first sign. It's the first sign when we care. There are still people lost, and they are lost facing a Christless eternity, and that is unacceptable. We don't want one to perish because Jesus didn't want even one to perish, but that all would come to repentance. And we are plan A of how to get that message to the world. And there is no plan B. So he pours into us and then there's an outpouring of this message backed by a life of love to those who still need to taste and see that the Lord is good. Isaiah 45 verse eight prophesies, you heavens above, rain down my righteousness. Let the clouds shower it down. Let the earth open wide. Let salvation spring up. Let righteousness flourish with it. I, the Lord, have created it. Isaiah is prophesying and he's using rain to communicate about the activity of God. Earth is being spoken there to speak of the heart of man. The church is thirsty, thirsty land, Isaiah 44 God pours out, pours in on the first thirsty land, then it flows, it's an outpouring. God pours out the rain, and what happens to the earth is that it starts opening up. He's prophesying that when the church is infilled with the love of Jesus, the 120 came out of the upper room loving like they didn't before they went in. Empowered like they weren't before they went in. They came out differently than they went in. And when we are in field, we will leave differently. And when we come into culture, there is going to be a work of God. And he's saying the heart of the lost will be open as never before. People are broken, people are hurting, people have tried everything. And they've been found wanting, lacking, needy, broken, messed up with less of themselves. And so we come with their heart like earth open wide. And what springs up is salvation. What flourishes is righteousness. How do you know? The Lord, the Lord says, heaven, rain down, rain on my church, church go. I have people ready to receive. Go, go, don't be silent. Don't keep the good news to yourself. Share, lay your life down that even one person can taste and see that the Lord, the Lord is good. We'll know that the outpouring has started when it's started on our own faces, that I'm not in the professional business of ministry. but I'm in a passionate journey to 
to impact the world with Jesus, to preach Jesus, to live it out. Probably the worst thing that could happen in this room is for someone who's parched to give the appearance that you have no thirst. And in an atmosphere where the rain of God's Holy Spirit is falling, you stay closed. To be so starved spiritually and relationally, and yet you give the appearance that you're full. If you would be willing to express your thirst, if you'd be willing to own your thirst, if you'd be willing to say, hey, I'm, I have a life-controlling problem. I'm addicted. Hey, my marriage, I know it looks like we're full. We have no thirst. We're parched, starving. This is the appearance of, of no thirst. If you just own it, let me show you the prophecy of Isaiah 41. It, it is so rich. Look with me, if you will. Let's go, let's go high. When the poor and needy seek water, and there is none, and their tongue is parched with thirst. Now watch the I wills. I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers on the bare heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. The valley there, notice the metaphors, notice the descriptors. I'm lower than I've ever been. I can't get out of this. I've got to get to a different place to experience something differently. But the power of God can work in the valley, in the midst. It says, I will open rivers on the bare heights and fountains in the midst of the valley. Watch this. I will make the wilderness. I'm not preaching today, come out of the wilderness. I'm preaching on your thirst and God will create a pool of water in your wilderness. I'm saying, go ahead and say, I'm parched. It's a dry land. How do I get out? You don't have to get out. Just own your thirst and there will be springs of water. I'm preaching his infallible word. There's water and, and then some. Just say, I'm thirsty. I'm broken. I'm hurting. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I'm addicted. I'm, I'm so far from the person I know I should be. I'm thirsty, God. And the rain will start to fall. The pools of water will develop Fountains in the desert, that place that is so barren will become a place likened to that of a river. As the worship team returns, my second challenge would be to those you say, I, I'm experiencing it like you're saying, my heart's alive. I, I mean, I'm just feeling the flow of this. I would say, say, God, let the tears 
start flowing. Let the outpouring start happening. You can start it, Lord, on my face. Because I'm never going to see people the same again after today. I'm going to lead with love. I'm going to be that person who doesn't wait. I'm going to go and connect with those who need Jesus. This idea of pleading with, please, 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 could you invite somebody to church? No man can legislate a move of God. If the Holy Spirit comes upon us, it will be power. It's inspiration, motivation. It's the, I can't help but tell people. Do you realize when Peter was challenged by the authorities because he kept preaching? Here's what he said. I, I can't help it. The church needs a serious case of the can't help it. Instead of trying to get us to finally break the silence, it should be just the opposite. We can't help but share our story. We can't help but share with people the goodness of God and what he's done for us because we want them to know it. We don't want anyone outside of this, this blessing of grace and relationship with Jesus. This breaking of the silence is a work of the Holy Spirit. Don't ever talk about revival if the lost aren't included. If there's not an increased burden for the lost, if the, this idea of, hey, it's Easter, the statistics say that 80 plus percent of the people you would say, you want to go to church this Easter? 80% of them, eight out of 10 will say yes. Like just human statistics tell us that. So let's try. Let's come up with the theme. Everybody bring one, invite one. Who are you inviting? Here's a social media post. We created it. We'll, we'll do any. It's like, if we can have the reign of God, nobody's going to have to ask you to invite somebody to hear about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Oh, let it rain, God. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. The time is getting short. We can't deal with manufactured rain. We've got to have the authentic rain. If you are in an unusual trial, Look at the words. In the crushing, in the pressing, you're bringing new wine. In the soil, I now surrender because you're breaking new ground. So watch this. Make me a vessel, make me an offering. You pour in, I'll pour out. You pour in, Lord, you bring the infilling. I will own the responsibility of the outpouring. Hey, Lord, make me whatever you want me to be. The neighbor on my left needs something different than the neighbor on my right. This person needs something different than this person. So Lord, make me, make me whatever you want me to do. I came here with nothing but all you've given me. So Jesus, would you bring new wine out of me? Because where there is new wine, there is new power. There is new freedom. Watch this, and the kingdom is here. Because the kingdom is not in word only, but in power. I'm laying down all these manufactured flames so I can carry your new fire today. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. 
If you want it, give him a clap offering of praise today. Hallelujah. That's it, church. That's it, church. Let it rain, God. New, new wine, Lord. Come on, give him a praise today. Let it rain in this place, God. Pour out your Holy Spirit in this place. We're about to sing this. If you are parched and you want to own your thirst and say, I need God today, at the first sound of the song, come. If you'd say, I want an outpouring to start with me, I want you to come and say, Lord, let the tears flow. If you're in an unusual trial and you want to endure so it can prove your faith genuine, then I want you to respond. It's going to be amazing. Are you ready? As we sing, come. Make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. Want me to be. Oh, Lord. I came here with nothing. All you have given me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Make me a vessel. So make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing. Oh, you've given me Jesus. Bring new wine out of me. Make me a vessel. So make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing. Oh, you have given me Jesus with hands lifted. Sing it today where there's new wine. Cause where there is new wine, there is new power. There is the freedom in the kingdom is here. They tell my old friends to carry your new fire today. Where there, cause where there is new wine, there is new power. There is new freedom. Talk to Jesus today. Talk to him. Talk to him. The sweet presence of the Lord settles into your soul like the rain. It's authentic.
Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Jesus, bring new wine. Would you lift your hands this morning and sing it? Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Oh, yes, Jesus, bring new wine out of me. With passion, say Jesus. Jesus, bring That's new wine.
Jesus. I want to say to somebody today through uh, something that happened at my house yesterday, I have direct TV. And when the rain gets so forceful, I will lose signal. I don't understand that. Just whatever's on there, it just goes away. And some of you have been preoccupied. Something's had your focus. Something's had your attention. It's dominated your atmosphere. And when the rain comes, that, that signal that's kept you from being full signal, it's formed your identity. Man, this is a word from God. It's formed the way you see God, the way you see yourself, the way you see others. And it has had you. It, it, it's what you know. It's what you've been connected to. But the rain of the Holy Spirit, it breaks that. It breaks that. And you know you need to be reoriented, refocused. You need to be given to something so much higher and greater. And whoever I'm talking to today, if you say, you know, there's been something that I've been connected to and it needs to be broken. I, I can't break it myself. It needs to be broken. We just lift a hand. I want to pray for you today. I feel this. Lift up, lift it up high. If there's somebody close with a hand up, we're going to believe God. Maybe you want to come down here. If you... Come on down with me. Come down here. I know what that's like. I see your hands. People out in the auditorium, come on down. Let's celebrate these people saying something's got to get broken today. Come on. I feel this. If you see people coming forward, get with them. You don't stand alone. You don't stand alone. So right here, Karen, if you'll pray with her. Nobody stands alone in this. Now, I just want you to get that, that, that concept God's saying right now. Something has these people. But the rain, just like it eliminated that signal coming into my home, it's going to eliminate this signal that's determining who and what's happening in the hearts of these people. Lord, that's what we believe about your power. So right now, where there is new wine, there's new freedom. Where the rain's coming out and falling down, Lord, it's going to start being more powerful than the powerful signals that have been determining our thoughts, determining our identity, our lifestyle, our journey, our pattern, our direction. Lord, let the rain of your presence just deluge and reorient every heart to you. Set people free. Like you broke that signal yesterday, break the chain. Right now, church, pray that. Break the chains. Break the chains. Break these signals of addiction. Break signals, Lord. Break the signal of addiction in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Right now, Lord. And I thank you for it. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. I thank you. Lord, we now get a vision of walking in freedom. We've given up on it. We now see ourselves walking in victory and not defeat. Walking without the shame. Some of you have been so lonely. And your loneliness is because you've been away from Jesus. You've missed the fellowship with Him. 
You've missed the relationship with him. God's breaking that today. See, you've opened the door, and he said, if you open it, I'll come in, and I'll have fellowship with you. Lord, I thank you that that loneliness of people being away from you has broken today in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Church, I know we've been doing this, but just collectively, can we say, Lord, we're thirsty? Because we, we know the limits of our human potential. So we're thirsty. We're a thirsty land. And the word of the Lord is you will pour out rain on a thirsty land. Your presence starts with us. Starts in us like a vessel. It starts in us. I see every home being a place of peace and Holy Spirit power. I see every home where the Bible is central. Where the Lord's presence is there. Where joy overcomes strife, confusion, friction, conflict. I pray joy to reign into every family. But somebody in this room today, the call of God settling on them. And there's such power in that call, it'll still be unfolding five years, 10 years, 20 years from now. But this is the day. This is the day. It, Lord, it flows to the next generation. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. How sweet it is, Lord, to dwell in unity. The writer of that passage in the Old Testament says, when the people are in unity, that's when the anointing is released and it just flows down. It flows down. It came all the way to the hem of the garment of the priest, the greatest collection of the anointing was at the lowest place. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you have felt you couldn't bounce back, but the Holy Spirit is a spirit of resilience. You've gotten so low, you don't feel you can get up. The anointing collects at the lowest place and it's the power to pick you up. Geographically, when the writer in the Old Testament was talking about the anointing, it flowed from Mount Hermon to the Dead Sea, the lowest place. And that's why there's such a concentration actually in the Dead Sea. You can't sink. You, you, you try to go under and it's just buoyant. It brings you back. And the writer was trying to capture that to say, the anointing collects at the lowest place. It's buoyant. It's going to bring you back. You're coming back. Somebody needs to hear that. You're coming back. You're coming back. You're coming back. You're coming back. In the soil, I now surrender. 
because you're breaking new ground. You felt buried, but you were just planted. Anytime you plant something, it's underneath, but you know it's about to break forth in due time, in due season. It's going to come forth because it's not buried, it's planted. You have felt buried, but you are just in the soil of God's work. And he's breaking new ground and you're, you're about to burst forth. You're coming back. Inherent in a seed is the come up. The Holy Spirit is in you. And that's the power to come forth. That's the power to break out, to bounce back. That's your resilience. It's not in something you can create. It's Him. You're coming back. You're coming back. You're coming back. Pastor Garrison, take us back there in the crushing, in the pressing. We'll come into that. In the soil, I now surrender. Sing it with us today, church. In the crushing, in the pressing, you are making one. If this is you, just lift your hands and sing it. In the soil, I now surrender. You are breaking new ground. In the crushing, in the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new In the soil I now surrender, you are breaking new ground. So make me a vessel. Make me an offering, make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing, but all you have given me, Jesus, bring you wine out of me. Make me a vessel. I believe you would affirm and confirm that the Holy Spirit is just really personally, powerfully helping people. Let me issue a very clear and a very important challenge. Let the Holy Spirit reach to you if this is you. You've given up on something like this applying to you. The circumstances are so challenging, so significant. 
that you, it's the wilderness. You just don't think it can happen there. And, and hear this, you even have thoughts of what I'd call a final exit. The hopelessness is that despairing. And the anointing collects at the lowest place. Understand that the enemy of your soul will lie to you. And you will look at a way that seems right. And in this case, like the only option, but the end thereof, it's destruction. And if this is you, if you'll just own your thirst and give it to God and let him prove his word, that right where you are in the condition of your soul, he will do the work of renewal, of revival, of restoration, of breakthrough. I don't care how cold or dead your spiritual heart feels and how negative the strongholds have a hold of your mind. The Holy Spirit can bring new life, new life, new life. If I'm talking to you, could I pray for you today? Just say, that's me. Just come forward right now. I want to pray. I want to believe God. Anybody? You say, it's me. There's a darkness. There's a darkness. There's a hopelessness. Just come forward. I'm going to wait a moment. This is too important. And somebody get my attention. If you see somebody responding, you're talking to me, Pastor Ron. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We're so thankful. We humble ourselves before you with gratitude that you, your mercy endures. You never turn your back. We thank you for the fresh rain. We thank you for the spiritual growth that will be the result, the outpouring that will be the result. We will live in the miracles of this outpouring. And we give you all the praise for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Here's the way I'd like to close that. that. 
God, I pray for this young man today. Give the Lord praise today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The way we're going to conclude this service, I just want you to encourage people, hug their neck, tell them how much you believe in them and you're for them. The rain is falling. God bless you, everybody, as you're dismissed.